One, two, three, yes, wrestling. Charlotte Flair shut the mouths of all the internet porn-watching Morlocks. I have moles. Yes, the subterranean mammal. And Seth Rollins was like, yeah, psych. And he just hit the sledgehammer onto the toolbox, onto the chair, onto the ladder with Bray Wyatt's head safely underneath. They want us to be cheering Seth Rollins after he attacked a mentally handicapped man. So let's move on to Monday Night Raw, sponsored by Brazzers. Yeah. Uh, nothing like helping out my friends with gold dust and, well, you know, the women underwear. Oh, man. Oh, man, Corey. <laughs> yep, let's do it, dude. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Welcome. I can't even get through it. Welcome, all you yes nights to one, two, three, yes, wrestling, where we're going to be the only podcast to bring some love to professional wrestling this week. Are we? Are we, Corey? I'm here with Corey. I'm Chris. Ed's in the air. He's 40,000 feet above our heads, flying Back to Chicago. Safe travels, Ed. We're going to miss you this week because, whoo, boy, do we have a show this week. Corey, how are you doing, man? All right. So <laughs> let, let me start this by explaining how my week has been in my professional life. Um, Most of you listeners uh, know I'm a teacher by profession. And this is the time of the year where teachers are just hanging on as I would like to call it. It's like survival mode because it's that time of the year where it's like, we're well past the winter break. We're not quite that close to spring break. The motivation from the students is down in terms of wanting to do work. The behavior issues are definitely on the rise. And quite honestly, this week has been a great representation of my students just simply losing their minds. And, you know, I, I went into, uh, after I got off work today, I'm like, okay, there's super showdown and I'm going to watch some wrestling and it's going to release my my stress and my worries of the day and well, we're going to get into it, but let's just say it unfortunately did not help me out much. <laughs> yeah, I was off today, so I was like, all right, I'm going to watch Super Showdown. I'm going to put it on while I do other stuff, which is pretty much what I did. It was on. It existed. I wanted to see, obviously, the big matches and see how they went. And, of course, I was the most curious and how that main event between Goldberg and The Fiend for the Universal Championship was going to go. And man, did it go, Corey. Did it go. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I mean, it, hang on. Sh- strap the seatbelt. It, it, it's going to be a, a show today. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. It turned out to be a big show. Before Super Showdown, I had nothing. The script I put together was just like a couple dots that's, that ultimately literally said, and Corey saw it, I don't know what to say here because Ron Smackdown sucked. And I didn't even know what we were going to talk about. And then Super Showdown happened. So we have a huge show 
talking about the recap of the Super Showdown event that took place in Saudi Arabia this afternoon, uh, last night for them. Hopefully they're on their way back for SmackDown. Otherwise, we're going to get another NXT SmackDown. Um, we're going to talk about everything that happened on, in the TV world of professional wrestling, and then we'll finish up with some pred- predictions and talk about AEW's pay-per-view this Saturday night, Revolution. But first, as always, let's see what happened this week in the world of professional wrestling from our own Mr. Fitness with Mr. Fitness's Sits and Fits. Hello, wannabe gym rats. It seems like the wrestling internet world is in a craze. Let me enlighten you with this week's Sits and Fits. On this week's episode of It Doesn't Make Any Damn Sense... Oh, wait a minute. Are we changing the name of the show? Excuse me. Let me do that again. On this week's episode of Part-Timers Burying All the Full-Timers, we get to see a 53-year-old man win the Universal title. A 53-year-old man performing Sloppy Spears wins the Universal title. A 53-year-old man defeated an undefeated fiend with a botched jackhammer. So you're telling me Seth Rollins can't defeat the fiend using a bazillion curb stomps, but a botched jackhammer can? In 2018, Triple H and Stephanie went into the ring and told us that they were going to start giving the fans what they wanted. And it appears that the fans wanted two part-timers to be champion. And a character that has spent a year to be built up, get buried by a man who can't even have a five-minute match. Oh, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by AEW Revolution. Want to see a title match last longer than five minutes? Do you want to see a former buried WWE stars see their full potential? Do you want to see a man who wrestles with his hands in his pocket get more over than any of the current champions in WWE? Then look no further than tuning into AEW Revolution. Wait, this just in? The Undertaker makes a surprise appearance at Super Showdown only to botch his chokeslam due to his tat getting in the way? Word in the back is Undertaker is blaming AJ Styles' lack of jumping skills for the botched maneuver. I guess it's true, white men can't jump or chokeslam people with their hat on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is this week's Sits and Fits, reminding you, don't sit, just stay fit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Fitness, hitting it early. I, I, I think Mr. Fitness is just having fun with this whole thing. I mean, it's very easy to do. Yeah, so I think it's time for us to have fun with it then, because, man, that was good stuff, man. That was good stuff. Super Showdown was worth watching just to see Goldberg defeat the Fiend in the main event of Super Showdown in dominating fashion. Like nothing. It just, the match just 
their entra- both entrances were longer than the match. They both had at least five minute entrances, which were just Goldberg had to have walked like, I don't know, man. He walked football fields worth of length. I mean, they they had him in a trailer in the alley in the back of the stadium, <laughs> and he walked from the trailer, and he just kept walking and kept walking. And at some point, the guards just left, and he was just walking by himself. And then the fiend took forever to come out, walking out, which I still think is weird that he comes out with a severed head lantern in Saudi Arabia. But then the match started. Bell went off. And we got a spear, and Goldberg went for the pin kick out. Or did he do multiple spears first? He did one spear, went for the pin, and then that was when he like he was uh, seated up upright like the Undertaker, mm-hmm. and then the Fiend seated upright, and then yeah. he went for that mandible claw. Yeah. So then, and then he did spear. He ended a total of four spears, a lot that were back to back to back. At one point, yeah, Bray Wyatt got the mandible claw in, but then he headbutted him, and Goldberg headbutted the fiend and kicked him with the knee, hit another spear. Then he picked him up for a jackhammer that took a long time to get off the ground, like their timing was not right. And then Goldberg muscled him up, and then basically he just did a suplex, but then just kind of flipped on the last second to make it look like a jackhammer, but it wasn't anywhere close to a jackhammer. And then... He jumped on top of Bray Wyatt and got the one, two, three. And Goldberg is the universal champion. They gave the Fiend. I, I'm lost for words that they actually did this. Like, I wanted it to happen because I wanted to see the shit show that the world was going to become, at least within the small, small pocket of internet wrestling fans. I was very excited to see what was going to happen. And man, I listened to a live stream right, right after, like five minutes after it ended. And just saw and heard the rage. And then they had the live chat going. So it was just listening and reading and just, man, it was so much fun. You know, here's my thing. The problem with with how this all went down is, you know, we built this Fiend character for nearly a year. And... and especially for what we saw at Hell in the Cell, and I know, Chris, you were very critical of that, but I was very supportive of it because it, you know, with The Fiend and his no-selling, it really just created this, you know, this uniqueness of this character, kind of Undertaker-ish, that we haven't seen in a long time, unless Undertaker makes a brief appearance, and, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, does a bazillion curb stomps. No, Fiends no sells it. Daniel Bryan does his moves on him. There's some no selling. Just total domination against young in their prime talent. And then we get to Saudi Arabia and we have a 53 year old man that's way past his prime and a man that historically has not been known to to do five-star 30-minute matches. Just take all the mysteriousness, the, the crazy strength, the lack of feeling pain, and he just turned it into a joke. That match, in my opinion, ruined that character. 
because now I have to now moving forward, Fiend's going to have a feud with somebody. And I think I know who it is. And now when he does the no sells to the next opponent, how am I supposed to believe it? Because I just watched him take these very sloppy spears and show pain. Take, as Chris, as you mentioned, just it, it, it was a suplex. It wasn't a jackhammer. It was a suplex that he had to save because mm-hmm. he was going to drop him on his head because he can't lift anybody up. And that sloppy jackhammer is what ended his undefeated streak. Not the bazillion curb stomps, not the bazillion chairs that Seth Rollins dropped on top of the Fiend in the Hell in Cell match that stopped the match or whatever it was. Not Daniel Bryan and, and the Yes Movement. A sloppy jackhammer. Yeah. Disappointing. Now, I, I started to wonder earlier in the week because earlier maybe late last week. It was after we put out our show, so we don't think we got a chance to talk about it. Unless we did last week, and I'm just completely spacing out. But there were reports that came in that WWE was going to make changes to the SmackDown side of the Mania matches. So there were reports that, because I know last week we talked about John Cena versus Elias and some of those things. And then reportedly all those matches were off. You know, Roman and The Fiend was off, and Cena and Elias was off. So then you're like, wait a second. Why are these matches off? You have Goldberg fighting Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship. Like, are they really going to mix some stuff up and what's going on here? And that was kind of what started the rumbling of, can Goldberg, or, will they really do this? But then the majority response always came back going, no, WWE wouldn't do that. That that doesn't make sense. But why wouldn't they? Why did anybody think that WWE wasn't going to do this going into Mania? Like, I mean... This is just what they do. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is just what they do. And it's just kind of hilarious. And well, like I said, it made And me here's happy. the thing. It's it, the, the the Fiend character is undefeated. So it's like you have an opportunity. No, he was undefeated. Well, he was. So prior to, to this match at Showdown, he's undefeated. So you have an opportunity for another superstar to defeat this fiend character, and that's going to take that person and hopefully elevate him to a higher level than what he's currently at, which you know I figured was going to happen at WrestleMania. And honestly, I thought it'd be Roman Reigns, and I actually don't have an issue with that. It's Roman. I, I know they, you know, they they needed to cool him off for a little bit, and then they were going to rebuild him back and. In my opinion, this is an okay time to try to make another attempt at making him the top guy. And what better character than The Fiend to do it? But we handed it, that opportunity, to a 53-year-old man that has no reason to need that victory. So This whole show is an example of why WWE hasn't been able to make new stars post-John Cena. And there's no, I mean, it's just, it's sad to see, but I don't think that they're ever going to be able to. Like, I was literally thinking, like, what about when Dolph Ziggler makes it into the Hall of Fame? Because it'll happen. Will anybody care? 
You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to sit back and say? And it, this is really, it's probably one of the only things we're going to talk about on Raw, but it was, it was r- real telling for me because Kevin Owens did that promo with Randy Orton. And he talked about, well, when I was at home and watching, t- you know, watching Edge when I was growing up, he was my hero and he was this. And all of these other people who watched, you know, it's like this whole generation that we have now watched all of these legends when they were teenagers and they were in high school. So now they're just like, oh, man, I got to be in the ring with Goldberg. Bray Wyatt is just like, man, I got to be in the ring with Goldberg. That's so cool. And not like, wait, why is he beating me? You know, it's like they don't they don't think the same level like back in the 90s and the attitude era it was always hey this is what you got to do you know the rock they just posted a thing because his daughter's at the performance center now and they posted a video of him doing a talk to all of the wrestling talent and he was saying hey be don't be afraid to you know if you feel something's right go out there and feel the moment and take the moment and do what you think is right to get over and do whatever it takes can any of these talent actually do that? Are they allowed to go off script? Are they allowed to do what they think is off character? The last person I know that there was a report that went opposite of what someone wanted him to do was Big Cass when he wanted to beat up a little person. So, and that got him ultimately on the road to being fired. So, I mean, can they? They can't do what these guys did, what the Goldbergs and the Undertakers and the Stone Colds and the Rocks did back in the day. But all of these people, like Kevin Owens, grew up idolizing edge and just excited to see him there and don't they they don't want to beat them because they don't think in their heads that they're bigger than these people there's the super the current superstars treat these superstars the legends legends of the past as being bigger than them so you can't how are you going to sell that to a crowd and this show is a perfect example of that is that that's why they're not but once again i mean I go back to where's the logic in Fiend losing? This is a man that right now is like, I believe, the top WWE seller in merchandise. He's got a ton of stuff on WWE Shop. He's got his own replica belt, which, by the way, is on pre-order, and it's not getting released until WrestleMania. So he's now not the champion you're you're pre-ordering these belts. They're probably going to be sold at the um, at the WrestleMania store, but he's not champion. It's like there's so many elements that I'm looking at. I'm looking at storyline as an issue, but then I'm also looking from the business side. It's like where's where's the business sense in having Wyatt lose before Mania? The the business sense comes from is do you think any that's going to stop anyone from buying it? Like, if you went to Mania this year, and you went to that WrestleMania store, and you saw that Fiend belt there, and it was $400 compared to the $6,500, would you be tempted to pick it up as a collector, as a belt connoisseur, or whatever? Would that still be a tempting offer to you? Even if he's champ or not, would you still be interested in buying the belt if the deal was right? I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a collector, so the answer would be yes. However, let's flip it. How much more appealing would it be if he was champion at WrestleMania in the main event and that belt on sale at the WrestleMania store? Or oh, even no, absolutely. Shop? I mean, I'm not saying that it's not, you know. but I don't know. I don't know what level. And of course, this is probably something we'll never know, but I don't know at what level 
it matters. You know what I mean? Like what, what if the belts like, you know, if it plummeted and they, they're going to sell 50% less belts or if they're going to okay. sell percent less belts. Well then let's, okay. Then let's go to the other side, the, the character side of this issue. So then now he's lost to a 53 year old man mm-hmm. and he lost not to like falling off the top of a cage or some crazy ridiculous move or a weapon or interference. No, he lost to a, a suplex, a very sloppy suplex. And now I have to move forward. And when his future um, matches that he has and he starts no selling those moves, am I supposed to buy it now? Oh, Wait a minute. So I'm supposed to believe that, you know, when John Cena does his uh, his attitude adjustment or whatever his finishers are, I'm supposed to buy that he'll no sell that. But he can't he can't no sell the the jackhammer. It's hard. It's hard for me. Well, it should be. And that's why you don't create a gimmick based around not selling. And, and you know, you can you can do a, you can do a couple mo you can do a couple moments. I mean, they did it with Kane for that little bit, where Kane kind of was no selling, and you can no sell a big move every once in a while, but no selling everything that Bray Wyatt was given. I think ultimately hurt because now you hit this point. Now, in all fairness, he was probably going to lose to a spear and a shitty looking Superman punch at WrestleMania, which wasn't going to be much better than what he did lose to but but it's, but, but it's at least coming from a character that's in his prime it's it, it's going to be belie- more believable now my only other thing now is okay so and i'll be curious so then smackdown what happens moving forward i mean so then does the fiend just magically forget that he lost the title it's like now i have an issue with how are they going to get to because let's face the facts, they're 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 going towards Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. That mm-hmm. is clearly the direction they're going. But now, how from a logical psychological standpoint, how does the Fiend character suddenly just, oh, okay, I lost my belt, but now I'm going to look over here and focus on this guy because of and and, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to be John Cena. Yeah, and they're going to use the past thing just like he's used a lot of the 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 reasoning behind attacking the other people but why would he be that much interested that he would put goldberg to the side i'm gonna let you slide you're not gonna make it to my wall i'm gonna put this guy on my wall instead why why is that more important than the title it's the same reason that cm punk let the rock slide by with the WWE championship when he beat him right before mania. So he could go fight son John Cena. It's the same thing they did two years ago when Goldberg beat CM Kevin Punk, Owens for the universal championship. CM Punk got his rematch. CM he got Punk his, got his rematch at elimination chamber. Okay. So at least they were able to close it. Now they, at least he lost twice. Be, yeah. Is Goldberg and, and Fiend going to fight at elimination chamber? I God, I hope not because if you want to talk about burial, that'll be the burial. Of, of the Fiend character, because obviously Goldberg can't lose, and the Fiend... Now, I, I, do you think ahead. there's... I mean, I'm sure it's, it's got to be small, but do you think there's a chance that Wyatt gets that belt back before Mania? I, do you think this you was know, just I, a, a I thing? thought about it. I, I really did think about it. I'm like, would they, could they, should they? And honestly... I wish they would, 
But I just, it, it, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I, I don't see Goldberg fighting again until Mania. I don't either. Now, granted, how did the Kevin Owens thing go? He just showed up at Fastlane and just challenged Kevin Owens for the Universal Championship and won it, didn't he? It's it's a um it was like I mean it wasn't at the actual Fastlane paper. But it was, it was right like before that one and, and yes. that was that was technically the elimination chamber. Or yeah. It was that was, was that the event chamber. right before or no, elimination chamber and then fast lane and then mania. It was the oh, event yeah, right yeah. before mania, right? But yeah, Kevin Owens yes. never got a rematch for his no. belt. No. Because they shifted his focus. So they'll and shift the Fiend's what? focus tomorrow when John Cena's on SmackDown. But I, and that's the thing, and that's why I know it's gonna happen. And it's like, but why one day later, why would you care so much about a returning John Cena, which John Cena sh- <sighs> I, I just I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I'm trying well, to. I'm really trying to. And I'll unfortunately tell you exactly what it is. It comes down to the fact, and I read an article this afternoon on Forbes that talked about this actually happening. Goldberg beating the fiend and why it happened. And the big thing is ratings and money. Because when Goldberg was announced to come out on SmackDown, ratings jumped 18%. That doesn't happen on SmackDown. They hit the 2.5 million. It turned everyone's head because everyone turned on SmackDown to watch it. Now, WWE is looking to sell their pay-per-view rights to anybody. And last week, there were talks that they were having a lot of meetings with ESPN to work a similar deal to that UFC has with ESPN to start selling some version of their pay-per-views, whether it's just the big four, whether it's all of them and pulling them off the network, whether it's doing whatever, but there's been lots of talk about them selling some of their library, some of their pay-per-view rights, and talking to ESPN. Now, if WrestleMania, they want to make WrestleMania be the first big pay-per-view, and that was what this article was insinuating, that uh, WWE is going to want to sell this pay-per-view for 70 bucks a pop on ESPN Plus to get everybody off of the network and come buy these pay-per-views again. Do you buy it? Do you do you sell a seventy dollars pay per view on Roman Reigns versus the Fiend? No. What? You sell it to the people who are already going to buy it. You don't sell it to the people who don't watch wrestling or the people who aren't paying attention. But if you have Goldberg as the Universal Champ fighting Roman Reigns, that's a bigger match on paper to a non to a casual viewer. That's a bigger match. And but then see, if you do it, John Cena and The Fiend, that's a bigger match on paper. They're all bigger matches on paper compared to because you're spreading out the, the legends. But how does this work? I mean, I, I don't see the long-term big picture benefit here. Because here's the thing. Because I, I think Ed, you know, even though he's not recording with us, he was texting us. You know, he, he's referencing these these casual fans. And I said to him, I was like, but the casual fans aren't buying tickets to the event. They're not buying merchandise. And my personal opinion, I truly question how many of them are truly going to spend $70, if that's going to be the case, for a pay-per-view. And the thing is, even if they do, are they going to buy next month? Are they going to buy Money in the Bank? Are they going to buy SummerSlam? It's like... I don't buy it. They're they're not 
it's not a good long-term plan. Well, I don't think WWE, I don't think Vince is doing long-term planning at this point. I think he knows that he's wrapping up, especially when they had that quarterly earnings call and he was talking about selling the rights, selling the tape library, willing to sell the company. If the right offer came, he's willing to listen to these things. I think he's, how much money can I make before I'm out? And I think that's really all it's coming down to is at some point, somebody, whether it's Disney, whether it's Amazon, is going to end up buying this whole damn thing. And he's trying to make as much money as possible. It's just like the Fox deal. Let's Fox is going to pay us a billion dollars to come be on there. We're going to give them four million views a week. Have they got anywhere close to that outside of the premiere episode with The Rock where they had? And I don't even think they hit four million for that, did they? I don't remember. No. Nah, I, I don't think they hit that. And they've been hovering around their number that they always were on USA, which is around the two million. They were a little bit higher because I think on USA they were just under two million, and now they're like two two point two somewhere in there. When Goldberg shows up, they spike to two point five. But now, what happens when that deal is up? It's a three, four, five year deal for the billion dollars. Is Fox going to renew that deal? They're not going to renew it for a billion dollars. Well, no. And the thing is. Here's the thing with these okay, so the Goldbergs and the Undertakers and the and the Rocks. How much longer do you think they're gonna be able to do that? How many more matches does the Undertaker really have? How many more matches, you know, does Goldberg really have? Um even Brock Les even Brock Lesnar. I mean, even though he's still in decent shape, but he's getting older too, and it's like and then the Rock, you know, the Rock's making movies. It's like it and same thing with John Cena. It's like, and I know in the movie business, you know, the, uh, these companies, they, they take out insurance policies on these actors. You can't wrestle. You can't do something like that. Yeah, Rock's not getting, an, not, Rock's not doing another match. There's just no way. The, the severity of the injuries that he had from both of those John Cena matches, the, the I mean, that Hercules movie he did was delayed because he was injured fighting John Cena. So, yeah. I mean, The Rock is just done. He's too big of a movie star. He's like the highest paid, biggest movie star yeah. in the world. He's right. not coming back for a wrestling match against Bray Wyatt. It's just not going to happen. Even the Roman Reigns pitched, you know, I want to fight The Rock next year at Mania. It's just not going to happen. I mean, Rock might be there. He might do a rock bottom to somebody, but he's not going to go have a full match. He's not He's not built. I was watching some older rock matches, and he was lean, and he was flexible. Now he put on all that mass to look good on the big screen. You can't wrestle like that. Your muscles just explode because you're not, you're not yeah. built. He's not built anymore to move in the ring. He's built to look good on screen. Right. But, yeah, so. you don't. Goldberg shouldn't be having matches. I mean, when was the last decent? I mean, I'll, I'll give it him and Brock Lesnar at Mania a couple of years ago. They they did a good 10 minutes of beating the shit out of each other. You yeah. know, it was entertaining, smash mouth wrestling. It was, you know, a good time. But outside of that, I mean, Goldberg, I mean, he was never, like you said, he never was a get-up-and-go wrestler. But, and then let's fa- let's fast-forward a little bit. Okay, so let's say it, it's it's Goldberg and Roman Reigns. What does that match look like? So oh, it's a disaster. And it, the crowds and everyone's just going to shit on it. Yeah, There's just and the no thing is it's like it's not going to be long. No. And how do you make it good if it's not going to be long? They're and just going to go. I mean, they're just going to have to be that smash mouth kind of just like Lesnar and Roman Reigns was always were all those matches. But can those two I see now like I said Goldberg and and, and Lesnar, I can believe that. Like when they were doing that, that was so beyond believable. Because Brock Lesnar really is like that, and Goldberg, you know, it, it was just the way Roman Reigns fights, 
Roman Reigns is very cartoonish. And, I don't, and I'm trying not to say that as an insult to him, but, you know, the Superman punch and the spear and the way he sets things. It's it's very garnered to kids, and I get it. If I was a kid, I would be a mark for Roman Reigns. But it, uh, it, it, it's going to be bad. Now the question, it's going to be bad. Oh, I know. And the question I ask you, and then we're going we're gonna to quickly move off this. I'm sure it'll come back around, but we do got a little bit more to talk yeah, about here. Unless sorry. we really got some more deep dive stuff in it. But which, if you now put Goldberg and Roman Reigns, and that's going to be the Universal Championship match at uh, WrestleMania, does that main event? Will they give that match last match billing over Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar? No, no. You think, in, you think in McIntyre Lesnar the bigger match? I definitely think this just secured McIntyre and Lesnar, and maybe that was by design. Maybe they had to make sure there wasn't going to be another match on the card that the fans were going to debate about should be the main event. Maybe this secures McIntyre, and like I said, deservingly so for McIntyre. To me, this almost makes it seem like this match is bigger. Because it's Goldberg who doesn't wrestle all the time. And it's Roman Reigns who is their golden boy. so, So then, Chris, so WrestleMania, main event, last match on the card, something that people like CM Punk dream for, and eventually left the company because they weren't going to get it. Do you honestly see what could be a three-minute match literally be the main event of WrestleMania? After seeing Goldberg win that championship today, I can't say they wouldn't do it. And I can't say, I mean, and if it, I would say that... uh, if they did make it the last match, it would have to be longer than three minutes. But I absolutely, I can't say that they won't. I could just, for some reason, I can just see that match being the main event because it's Roman Reigns and but it's Goldberg. How do you carry Goldberg for? Even if you try to make it ten minutes, it that's a hard ten minutes for Goldberg to get through. I know, very hard because he's he's terrible at selling. And he doesn't have a, a, a big move set. So so are you telling me, though, then the way that you're describing this match, are you saying that Roman Reigns is going to put Goldberg down that fast? Yes. He's going to squat. You think Goldberg There's, is going to get squashed at Mania? I think he's getting squashed at Mania because, good God, can you imagine what it's going to be like if Roman Reigns is back again as champion and he got it from... Uh, a crap sh- a, a, a crap match like WWE will have ruined the reset button that they've done for Roman Reigns. Would that reset button still have been good if they put him up against Bray Wyatt? I think it would have been better, in my opinion. Be- and it's because I I think the the fans I think we're all I think we were all aware that when Wyatt won the belt. And then we saw that he was having it for a little bit of time, especially, you know, after Rumble and he still was champion. We realized, OK, he's going to go into mania. So we already put into our brains that he's going to be the champion going into mania and he's probably going to lose. I, I don't think there was much debate or argument that people had the mindset that he was going to lose at mania. 
So I think it was going to be more accepting because of that versus now this sudden change. And now we're going to go back to booing Roman Reigns real hard because we're upset that Goldberg has a title and this is how Roman's going to get it. Yeah, I it's going to be interesting. It's been a fun day, but let's tr- run through this card here a little bit because we did let's have some it. other actual big moments that I know we could talk about. And this whole episode's really just going to turn into Super Showdown recap, which I'm fine with because it's the only thing worth talking about right now. But they opened the show with the gauntlet match for the giant trophy. Um, it started with R Truth and Bobby Lashley, which R Truth beat Bobby Lashley for some reason. Because that, that makes sense. Bobby Lashley then got mad and beat up R Truth some more afterwards. And then Andrade came out and he ended up getting uh, beaten by R Truth as well. And he left. And then Eric Rowan came out and after a couple minutes got himself disqualified. And then he got mad and beat up R Truth some more. Then uh, AJ Styles came out as his return from the Rumble um, after his separated shoulder. AJ Styles came out and he beat R Truth finally and sent him home. Then uh, AJ Styles was waiting for Rey Mysterio, who took the place of Rusev, who's either injured his back or he's having contract negotiations, but he didn't, or contract disputes dispute um so then ray mysterio was shown getting beat up in the backstage by uh anderson and gallows and uh arch or ray mysterio wasn't able to come to the ring so then aj styles like raise my hand it's over it's over and the referee refused referee was like no i'm not raising your hand nothing at all and then the ref then another referee came and said you have 10 seconds. If AJ Styles' opponent doesn't come out in 10 seconds, AJ Styles wins this match. So they started a 10 count. And then all of a sudden the screen popped up again and you saw Anderson Gallows just get thrown into the camera view. And then all of a sudden you saw feet walk up and you saw a trench coat and everyone started cheering, even though the crowd was already chanting for Undertaker. And this was confirmation. So then we got a 10-minute Undertaker entrance who came out, stared at AJ Styles. He did a choke slam. Which, like I said, their timing looked off. And AJ Styles looked like he jumped a lot higher than he needed to to make sure that he got off the ground to make Undertaker look good. But that, to me, was funny looking. And then Undertaker pinned him because apparently Undertaker was now in this match. So Undertaker won the trophy, the mountain trophy um, that they were giving away for some reason. So is we started the night. We should have known how the night was going to end because we started with a legend burying a current superstar. <laughs> Because now, I mean, does this is is this a feud? Are, are they was this their match? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I mean, it, I already kind of had the you know, obviously, I I read stuff on the internet, and you know, obviously, there there was rumor and buzz about a possible Undertaker AJ Styles match at Mania, which, by the way, no issue with that. Um, I kind of expect the way I saw this match happening was AJ was going to win the gauntlet and in the process of celebrating with the trophy you know maybe he gets on the mic and then he kind of just references that you know he's yeah you know the the best or you know he's gonna go to Wrestlemania and he's gonna you know be the best thing something where you know you're kind of you know referencing and teasing something that was a characteristic of the undertaker and then undertaker come out ruin his celebration choke slam him boom 
leave. And then we start the build. I did not like the fact that Undertaker was put into this match. I, to me, I, I, I don't think it was necessary. I think it would have been nice if AJ could have had the title of having that gauntlet, the, the trophy and all that stuff to kind of go along with this feud. Um, but like you said, it, it, it felt like a, um, like a burial. Yeah, and almost made it seem like this was their match. You know, it just it just was weird. And I, like I said, I like your idea much better. I don't know why they did it this way and why they needed to. Yeah, why they needed to and, do it and, that way. And, and it's then weird once again, it it also doesn't help when when the the move that you you do to win the match was kind of botched and messed up. It, it looked like Undertaker just his hat got in the way and. It was a little weird that he didn't take it off, but, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, so, like I said, we started the night and ended it with a botched finish that still got the mid. And, I mean, I can't tell you the last time Undertaker pinned someone to a choke slam. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, then I believe the second match was the, uh, was that the tag team championship match? I, I think, think it so. was. I think it was the New Day versus Miz and Morrison for the SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championship match. They had a solid match. I do not know why. Did you watch that match? I watched a little bit of it. I had to rush through it, though. But Did you see that Kofi trust fall? No. Darn it. Oh, he, he, ran, he ran in the ring, and he jumped over. You know how he likes to do his trust fall? Where he, yeah. You know? So he jumped over the top rope towards the Miz. The Miz sidestepped, and Kofi Kingston just splat on the ground on his back. Oh, so God. he literally just jumped over the top rope and just went flat back on the floor. It looked Oof. nasty. Um, and then, of course, everyone made fun of that because the Miz had that reputation few years ago of not wanting to catch people on dives so it was (laughs) it looked like it was part of the match like yeah i'm gonna i'm not gonna catch you but it was rough but miz and morrison ended up picking up the win for the smackdown tag team championship um and they're now champs again so that was kind of cool to see i'll be honest with you that that was about the only thing i enjoyed from the super showdown was was the fact that they gave them the belts um this is a team you know if you're uh, if you know the history, you know they they were a good tag team in the a Slammy Award winning. Yeah, so I'm hoping that this will be a nice way to you know for them to get a, a push and you know make the titles uh, relevant. I'm not saying that the New Day the tag titles weren't relevant when they had them. It's just at this point in the New Day stage, it's like the tag titles they they don't need them anymore. They're, yep. they're kind of beyond that, so so it's refreshing. Right. Uh, then we had Umberto Carrillo versus Angel Garza. They had a solid match. The crowd didn't really care, so it made it a little... And, and that's oh. my feeling, too. It's like, they had a great match. I I have trouble. I And, and you guys, and I've clearly made it known on this podcast, I, I have trouble sometimes with uh some of the wrestlers uh whether it's uh japanese wrestlers or even some wrestlers in mexico some of them click with me some of them don't um that humberto the language barrier thing is probably my biggest issue with him is i I can't really connect because he can't really talk that well yeah i like it's 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 funny because, like, yeah, Angel Garza, you can you can see his character, 
you know, it's like, you know that he's cocky. You can hear him, you know, hey, I'm a ladies man. I'm do this. I yeah. know what he's about. And then he then he shows up in the ring and he's just like, yeah, he's kind of got that Rick Rude in there. You know, yeah. that Rick Rude character. OK, cool. I'm down with that. That's But yeah, Umberto, I don't know anything about him. Like, yeah, no. he can do high flying stuff. He does some good stuff. He can have some solid matches. But as a character, yeah, I don't know what his character yeah, is. So like, I don't what care is that about him. Present- Right. It's like that presentation, his entrance, the way he looks. It's like, okay, what are you? It's like, you're not Mysterio. You don't wear a mask, but you're trying to be something. And man, you hit it spot on with Angel Garza. I mean, there's no confusion as to who he is. And and I think I I text you guys uh, a few weeks ago and said that I just I I like him. Uh, He he's. He's solid. Um, even him with uh, what's her name? I actually thought, even though I'm sure that, you know that was just thrown together because of uh, what's go. his name with the wellness policy, but um, it's it's working for me. Yeah, they're they're a good, and you know, and hopefully it'll lead into a Andrade uh, Angel Garza feud. Possibly, I mean, there's yeah, some good. Be. I know that I know they already said. I think on Raw they're having what is it? Garza and Andrade versus Carrillo and Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. a tag match. That's going to be a sick match. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah. that should be a good time. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, it's yeah. Who are these characters? So it's kind of interesting. Um, then we had what they do next. I think then they did the Raw Tag Team Championships with Seth Rollins and Murphy versus the Street Profits. It was fine. It was just a Raw match. And yeah, nothing really happened I, on that one. <sighs> You know the, the the street profits. I, I I just worry that their gimmick is going to get in the in the way of their success because mm-hmm. I I feel like sometimes they go a little overboard with with the whole gimmick aspect, the the character aspect. Yeah. Versus you know it's like when you're in the ring, try to just do your thing. I saw it in NXT. I mean, you guys are legit, but don't let the the character aspect get in the way. Yeah, but it was fine, and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy retained their championship. Uh, and then they dusted off Mansoor for the, his uh, semi-annual um, appearance on WWE television to fight uh, Dolph Ziggler. And even the crowd seemed to not care about Mansoor this time. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. No, the crowd, I mean, when... there were actual people giving thumbs down. There were yeah, people like... that were booing. Nobody cared when he won. He did his talk at the end and everyone was, you know, his inspirational. Yeah, we're yeah. all here. And everyone was just right. like, it was crickets, man. And it's like, I even, I think that the audience has just kind of really realized just as much as we do. Okay. Well, they're in Saudi Arabia. So they're going to dust off Mansoor who we haven't seen since last Saudi Arabia show and let him beat a mid Carter and get a big win for him. And that was it. What is he doing where is he at when he's not, when we're not at the Saudi Arabia shows? I don't know. I so, believe he's on NXT. He might be on 205 Live. Okay. If that's still a thing. I don't see it. Every once in a while, I'd see him pop up on NXT. Like the, the week after Crown Jewel, I think he was on NXT mm-hmm. that week. And then I haven't seen him since that I'm aware of. Well, because the unfortunate thing is, like, when, when I even heard him do his promo, I'm like, well, this guy can talk English. You know, I I can understand him. He's got a deep, you know, he's got a good look. It's not like you know, he 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 looks like he could be a star. I mean, you got to obviously give him maybe some kind of character, but um, 
yeah the the crowd i could tell i was just gonna say i was like that promo i was just like man i i told i told my wife i was like man i'm i'm this crowd is just it, it's weird to me every time we we do these the, these super showdown uh shows the audience is just different and i understand that sometimes you know when you go to japan the audience is a little bit different than u.s audience but man they yeah they were really were not into behind the him this time yeah, and I think, like I said, I think it comes down to he, they're, they're not turning him into anything. He's not on weekly television that they get to see. He's not in any storylines, so nothing that they can see them actually doing anything with him. He just seems like he's just like a trophy, you know? He's just a toy that they bring out to try to pander to the audience, you know? And yeah. you're just like, come on, they deserve better than that. Right. Um. So it was fine, but it was there. I. It was funny because he looks so much like Mustafa Ali. I was just going to say that, like, when and, I turned it on, my son thought it was Ali. Yeah. And then I started looking, because I was fast-forwarding, so I yep. came in the middle of this match, and I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Ali. And then I started thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, he doesn't have a scheduled match. So... Yeah, I did that when they did one of the greatest Royal Rumbles or the big battle royal that Mansoor won. I was mm-hmm. fast forwarding through it and I was like, I'm not watching this. So I just fast forwarded and then I didn't stop it when he won. I just looked and I said, oh, Ali won. That's good for him. I guess that's kind of cool. And then it wasn't until I was reading like recaps later that it was like Mansoor won. I'm like, who the hell's Mansoor? And I had to look it up and that was when I got the full story. But I just, just I mean, I was fast forwarding. I wasn't paying attention, but. Yeah, it's still. I was just on first glance. I was just like, "Oh, Ali, cool. I like Ali." Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of entertaining in that, and that's something they're going to need to look past. Um, then I think we had good old, oh god, good old Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Ricochet, and they did this giant, kind of nicely done video package about Ricochet before leading into this match. Why can't it be me? Why can't it be me? It could be anybody. And everyone said I'd never make it here. And everyone said I'd never do this. And apparently even in this thing, which I missed it, but I saw it later, was I even flashed up a a graphic of Ricochet as the WWE champ going to WrestleMania to fight Drew, Drew McIntyre. Really? Yeah, apparently they flashed it. I was like, man, that's funny. But they put this whole big heartfelt thing about Ricochet together. So I'm like, all right, get me pumped up for this match with Brock Lesnar. Okay, cool, man. What are they going to do? What's going to happen? And it was over in minutes, if less. Yeah, I was going to say, if that. Why? <laughs> they, Why, They just man? took... And it, 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 you just set it up really nicely. The The video package... Getting you emotionally invested and backing Ricochet, which, by the way, my my wife really is not a fan of Ricochet. She thinks that he just he he can't talk. And my wife brought it up. And my wife is what you would call just the the casual fan that just happens to watch every once in a while. And she even said she was like, "Yeah, his his he sounds like a child when he talks." But yeah, the video package is great. You're like, okay, they're going to probably do kind of like Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. You know, take a beating at the beginning, get that nice little comeback. Could it be? Might it be? And then, of course, you know, we all expected that Brock would come back and finish it. But they did not even allow that, that, that coming back Rocky Balboa moment. Mm-hmm. It was uh, See, a waste. 
Yes. Ricochet ran at him. He got swatted out of the air. He took about three German suplexes in F5, and it was over. Um, See, now, how I would have booked this, and it's going to make you mad because this would have been so good, is I would have gave that match. Throw around Ricochet for a little bit. Then you make Ricochet mount his comeback and mount his comeback and start getting some near falls and start thinking it's going to, like, What's going to happen? What's going to mm-hmm. happen? And I understand why you probably can't do this, but it'd be really tempting. But what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Then you have Drew McIntyre come out and Claymore kick Ricochet. And Brock Lesnar gets the pin. And then everyone is like, why'd you do that? I want to I want to beat the beast. I want to beat because they asked him that on Raw. Why do you who do you want to fight? Oh, I don't care. I just want to be in the main event. I just I'm just going to win the championship. And just like, you know. Kind of then you could have had Ricochet and Drew McIntyre fight for the you know spot at Mania, and you at least we got another pay per view to get through before we even get to Mania, so just something for them to do. I know it would probably make McIntyre a heel, but still it would have been better than watching Ricochet get jobbed out to a part timer. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, yeah, that's that idea is definitely better than the one that we saw. Yeah, unfortunately, your idea yeah does uh, hurt. I the, know, uh, as I was the, saying, the it out face loud. element, but. As I was saying it out oh, loud, but still, it was uh, just anything would have been better than watching Ricochet because once again, it kind of comes down to the same thing with Bray Wyatt. Now what? Yeah, you know, and I mean, what do you do? What do you see, do? And, and the problem is, yeah, when you do the now what, and once again, just like the Bray Wyatt. Now, how do you look at him against anybody else and ever take him? As a serious threat, yeah the the I, the whole point of professional wrestling for these people, especially the old timers coming back, is to get people over. And if you're going to win, that's fine. But do what John Cena was doing with that U.S. Open Challenge when he did that. He was getting people over, but he was still beating them. So Brock Lesnar, you need to get Ricochet over. Yeah, Goldberg, you need to get Bray Wyatt over, even if you're going to win. Make it look like you were going to lose. You have to yeah. be able to do that so these people can still stay credible. Now they're not credible. You know, when you just come in at 53, at 56, at whatever age, as a part-time, our champions right now are Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Yes. That We have two part-time champs. Part-time champs. And so, this I mean, is... if they're not doing all of this just for some money and some ratings boost, you know, it's all about ratings, man. And 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 I, and I get what they bring to the table. It's just once again, this is not a long term plan. This is a, you know, just a a, a quick shot of a, of a of a boosted rating or increased pay per view buys if they go to a different method outside the network. I mean, and I get all that. But once again, you can't go to this formula every year because these guys won't be around every year. I I know. And we're not making any stars to eventually take their spot. So what are you going to have in five Mm -hmm. years or ten years when you need an attraction, so to speak? That's why they're now dipping into the edges and the... Randy Orton's and the you know the the ruthless aggression. Why do you think they got that documentary on the network so they can start pushing those yeah, the ruthless yeah. aggression documentary? Let's start which, talking about I, how big these stars are so we can start bringing yeah. them back. Which, by the way, work. I I do have to uh, uh, say I've enjoyed yeah. those episodes so far. Very yeah, well put good. together. 
Oh yeah, I had no doubt that those were going to be good stuff. I still got to watch the twenty four seven our truth that was on this. Now, era. now as much as the, the they really make the ruthless aggression era sound good, I remember as a fan, <laughs> I didn't like wrestling as much during that time period. No, no it was there. Yeah, they're they're really looking at it with rose. glasses man they're like man the ruthless aggression era was amazing they got michael rapaport telling us how awesome it was and you're like yeah but you know yeah evolution was a thing but did anybody care about evolution like after a while it just got really old really fast and then it was just we were just having weekly evolution meetings and right yeah it definitely didn't last too long before they started splitting those guys yeah it was just uh, yeah it was just funny but um, then we had Michael Cole put it best, and I can't say it any better than the way Mac- Michael Cole put it. But Michael Cole said it was the all, one of the all-time great rivalries within WWE of the last few years, Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns in a cage. He actually said that. He said those words when they were talking about that, one of the greatest rivalries in recent times. <sighs> You know, I mean, between all the comments I have to hear you say about this rivalry and uh, and then my mixed in with my own views on it, you know, I, I'm at the point where I think I'm past the, 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 the frustration of this long overdue feud or long past due or whatever you want to call it feud that I'm actually at the stage right now where I'm enjoying it because... <laughs> It is what it is. It's like I've given up trying to... They've made this worse than Cena and Orton. They might have. They They remember when they fought like six months in a row at pay-per-views? and. But here's the thing. Let's take the feud out of the equation. Let's look at both of these characters individually. Minus the rivalry. Both these characters are actually good. I, they they really are. It's like when I take a step back and just look at Baron Corbin in general and just look at the character, it's like it's good. It's a heel. It's a true heel. It's got a, a flavor of because this King Corbin thing. It's kind of like a, a little bit of a dose of like a King Booker mm-hmm. without, you know, King Booker was more comedy, but it's enough that. I'm entertained by his gimmick. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns at this point. We all know who he is. We all know what he's he's going to be again, you know, and I am going to call it, you know, we're talking about this whole thing about WWE doesn't make megastars. Um, Roman Reigns is going to achieve it. He's going to achieve it. I don't know how long it'll be, but he will achieve it. And he's going to be the face of this company and whether fans are for it, or against it. Yeah, well, the fans are going to be against almost anybody mm-hmm. just because that's what they want to do. But yeah, I it just is funny. And then it then it was funny because Michael Cole also said this will be the last time that we see these two fight. This is the end of the feud. They're booked in a Hell in a Cell match or an Elimination Chamber match in like two weeks. Less than two weeks, a week from this Sunday. They're going to be in that Elimination Chamber match fighting. Like, why are you telling us these things, but, man? But, but, Chris, I mean, that is a what five or six man match. I mean, that's that's not one on one, Chris. So you have to 
make sure you know the differences between the two. But of course, Roman Reigns beat and won this feud because we're never going to see it again. (laughs) Um, And then what actually ended up being one of the best matches of the night was Bayley versus Naomi for the Women's SmackDown Championship. Bayley ended up retaining her belt. They had a solid match. They had good chemistry. I enjoyed I paid more attention to that match than I did most other things on this card. So good for them. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to confess, I skipped past that match. Um, oh, I would have. So, if I was trying, if I was rushing through, I would have by default. So, like, eh. if it if it really was good, I'll go back and, and take a look at it. it but was, yeah, I mean, for this card, it was right. fine. No, that's what and I'm like saying. I said, if it, you're it saying was, it was good for this card, yeah. that's enough for me to at least invest some time and actually watch. They it. they got me to look up from my phone. <laughs> you know, my <laughs> iPad. I was messing around and yeah. stuff. Or yeah, you know, I think yeah. I honestly, I think I was playing. Uh, bayonetta on the nintendo switch and they got me to pause it and pay attention a couple times so you know and that's good because uh, i'm actually a big fan of naomi and yeah i like she's naomi. back so i mean if it was any kind of in like i said compared to some of these other matches that we saw it's like if there's any good quality wrestling involved in it i'm sold yeah and then, of course, we already spoke about the main event, which was Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt. That that tremble you felt at about two thirty in the afternoon was the wrestling fans coming coming out of their holes to yell on the internet about how mad they were that Bray Wyatt has now been buried. So, Super Showdown twenty twenty has become the night of burials because everyone all the. All of the uh, main roster people were buried by part-timers. We had AJ Styles getting buried by Undertaker, Ricochet getting buried by Lesnar, and Bray Wyatt being buried by Goldberg. And that sums up Super Showdown 2020. Well, Chris, you could tell us what the ratings are (laughs) next episode, and maybe you'll prove that what they did has benefits yeah i really can't wait for more like backstage news and for some stuff to start trickle trickling out from this show as to what now the big thing does seem like they made changes to their top wrestlemania's 36 matches which then as we talked about earlier looks like it's going to be cena and bray wyatt and then uh roman reigns versus roman reigns goldberg. goldberg so hey whatever um <laughs> uh smackdown nothing happened and like I said, Raw and SmackDown were both builds for Super Showdown, so it's hard to now go back in time. Yeah, we don't have to. Happen. Um, one of the big things, um, yeah, nothing happened on SmackDown. Yeah, and then just... on Raw, Raw was a rough show. We had a terrible contract signing for the Women's Elimination Chamber match. And then that contract signing just turned into Becky and Baszler fighting, so I still don't understand what the point of this elimination chamber match is when you know who's gonna win and it's the only one you want to win because you want to see becky versus baszler so i don't know why we're doing this i mean i know we just i guess it's just we have time to fill huh time to fill and then chris remember now this is for the younger audience maybe they don't know the young ones don't don't know the formula yet Mm. so they're thinking could it be that match is Baszler going to come out the successful one in the match? So you have to go to a young mind to understand why this match was put together. I'm putting my money on Sarah Logan. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Seth Rollins has disciples that are now referees to get him out of matches. That's a thing. Apparently, referee took oh, off his shirt and was wearing a Monday Night Messiah shirt and yeah. just decided to Montreal screw job Kevin Owens. Remember, this is the modern day straight edge society angle. So you got to have followers. Mixed with the Montreal screw job, mixed with everything else. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, Samoa Joe was suspended for a wellness violation. So now it makes me wonder was he really injured at a commercial or. So now he have a concussion and he's been suspended or it's, it's so ridiculous that I absolutely believe it's true. That is something that is one of those where you got to like when you sit back and think about it, you're like, you know, that is so over the freaking top to put those two events together that it's got to be true. I'm sure it yeah. is. I mean, and once again, now, you know, he was out with a couple concussions. He's had some injuries, the wellness violation. They don't tell you what it's for. And of course, there's been lots of people who've been popped on that for prescription pills, for prescriptions, for other types of drugs or whatnot that have been that are legal or have been given. Right. It's not always just that they're steroids. It's not always anything illegal. Um Apparently, there's a weed tax that if you get popped for marijuana, you just paid like $2,500 and you're good. So there are a lot of wrestlers that just pay it and just smoke. And if they get caught, they just, oh, I got to pay my weed tax. Um, So it's weird for that. But yeah, it could just be. And a lot of people have been suspended for um, not even just not reporting that they were taking or prescribed a certain thing. I know what's his face. Primo Cologne was suspended just for not showing up because he's out in Puerto Rico and they wanted him to fly back to take the test. And he was like, well, I'll do it down here. And they said, no, you got to do it up here. And he said, well, I'm not going to fly all the way up there just to take a test. So they suspended him for 30 days without pay. And it was cheaper than him coming up from Puerto Rico and not working for the couple days and not doing whatnot. So there's lots of reasons. So it's not anything shady. But Samoa Joe is now out longer, another 30 days, which then I think that puts him – no, still doesn't quite put him past Mania, but pretty much I think he's out for Mania. Yeah. And now because of this week, we can now move past Super Showdown. We got Elimination Chamber in 10 days. So they got 10 days to build another pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're going to wrap up here. We're going to run through some Wednesday night wrestling. We did have the uh, viewership. AEW takes another win somewhat substantially. They're, ever, they're pretty much plateaued out here. NXT is set there. Um, they got about 717,000 viewers, which was down from 794. And Dynamite was watched by 865,000 viewers. 865,000 viewers down from 893,000 viewers 383 yeah i said it right yeah yeah so you know AEW likes to stick in that eight eight hundred thousand range and nxt likes to stick in that seven hundred thousand dollar jesus seven hundred thousand viewer range um nxt was fine what i saw i've watched at least the hulu cut it was fine um it looks like they're gonna set up finn balor versus walter for uh, TakeOver Tampa, which I thought was unique that they were heading that direction. And then uh, we had Charlotte Flair returning to full sale in four years to have a match against Bianca Belair. And they had a solid match as well. Did you catch any of that? Unfortunately, I did not catch any NXT. 
but I, I did hear about it, and that's good if they had Charlotte go down to have a match. I, I think that helps uh, move the the story with Charlotte and uh, Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and with the fact that Charlotte beat Bianca Belair pretty convincingly, now it could be there. I think that you know there's been talk of them making that match a triple threat at Mania. So I'm wondering, but with Charlotte beating Bianca, I don't see where that would tie in. But then when the match ended, Charlotte went and grabbed a chair, and she decided to wrap it around uh, Bianca Belair's leg and stomp on it. But while she grabbed the chair, Rhea Ripley's music hit, like she was going to come out and help, right? So Charlotte's Mm -hmm. rushing, rushing with this chair and trying to get it around Bianca Belair's leg so she could stomp on it. And she's rushing, like all these things, like I got to get all of this done before Rhea Ripley comes out. But then they do this weird cut where they show Rhea Ripley and she's still doing her entrance. So like Bianca Belair is getting her ass in the ring by the chair and Rhea Ripley is marching out there and doing her leg stomp like she does with the fireworks. And like, she's still doing her like motion. You know, when you walk out to the okay. ring and you do your hand gesture and your leg gestures and your your poses, she's up on the ramp yeah, posing yeah. while Charlotte is beating the shit out of Bianca Belair in the ring. <laughs> and and like rushing Boy, because weird. it's yeah, I'm like, why didn't Rhea Ripley just run down and run her off? Like, I don't know if their timing was yeah. off or what, but I was it was just so funny to me. I was dying because I just cut and I'm they're showing Rhea Ripley posing, uh, doing her exact normal entrance way. So I'm like, man. But NXT was fine. Um, that they, they've kind of, like you said, got to figure out something. You know, their their takeovers are good, but their weekly program is fine for what it is. I mean, the matches that I saw, they were entertaining, but yeah, nothing that sets the world on fire. Um, and then we had AEW Dynamite open with the Iron Man match between Omega and Pac, which Omega won in overtime. That was a great match, actually. That was a great match, um, and that and I was it was interesting to see that they decided to open the show mm-hmm. with that, which I thought it was refreshing. I mean, it, it, it's something different, and that's the one thing that keeps me going back to AEW is that they they every once in a while they think outside the box of the regular formula mm-hmm. for a wrestling show and. This is something that, in my opinion, is outside the formula because usually this would be a closer. Mm-hmm. So, but once again, these two guys, you know, knocked it out of the park, and that—that's a nice way, especially if you're a casual fan and you're contemplating the Revolution pay per view. That's that's one way to convince them. Yeah. Plus, doing it first as well, then that allowed them to do the build for Pac versus Orange Cassidy at Revolution. <laughs> They would have closed the show. The way, they would have had no time for. Right in this orange cast, I and I've I've read that they are like really being very careful and really thinking thoroughly about how they're going to use him. So I mean, this guy's going to get a legit push, and they're going to try to do it the right way. I'm curious to see what they do with Orange Cassidy because, like I said, him with his nonchalance and his backflips with hands in his pockets and the whatever. And the the the, um, the funny thing that you're gonna see, it, like I said, I've actually seen Orange Cassidy at Independent Show in Crown Point. What they need to eventually do 
it's almost got to be like the Festus effect mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, like a snap of a finger, just like he just turns it on and then just goes like hands out of the pocket, regular wrestler, high flying, do this and that, this and that. And then all of a sudden, boom, like if the match is over, boom, you're back to chill. Just, and Yeah, just chill, walk out. Yeah. That's how I envision this eventually happening. They're just not showing it yet. I, I think they're going to surprise us at uh, Revolution. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I said probably be a good time. Uh, the Jurassic Express defeated the Inner Circle. Uh, the Best Friends defeated the Butcher and the Blade. And Hikaru Shida defeated Shanna, Big Swole, and Yuka Sakazaki. Was that a three-on-one match? thought it was, uh, no, it was like all four against it. It was like a four-way. Oh, it was a four-way. Okay, I see it now. I see yeah, it now. So Sheeta won that was... one. And then we had the official weigh-in for Jericho and Moxley for the Revolution pay-per-view on Saturday. And that turned into a brawl Be- from what I saw. But you yeah, might have more, and, you have more details because... than that. Yeah, well, no, I know. Uh, the, the weigh-in thing confused me. So when do we do weigh-ins? When has that ever been done, and why is it done? We don't have weight divisions in AEW. It's like... I know they needed to do something to just promote the main event, which I'm I'm already sold on, but the weigh-in thing was just weird. Yeah, I didn't understand. Just con- what you happens- might have just done a contract signing at that point. Well, and that was their way of not doing a contract signing. But yeah, it's like, well, what was the point? Like, if someone didn't make weight, well, what was the weight? What were they trying to weigh? Yeah. I mean, was there a limit? Could you be too heavy? Could you be too small? Like, it was just, that's it's a weird thing. But it and looked like it ended yeah, up coming down into a brawl. According, according to AEW, they go based off of records and stuff and things like that so it's like weight is irrelevant exactly so, so i don't know kind of was funny but uh so that was uh aw dynamite unless you had anything really else going into that no i'm good and then i'm just gonna run down the card for revolution and hear your excitement because i know you and ed are gonna be there live um, so Revolution, it looks like we're going to have uh, Evil Uno and Grayson versus Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Pac versus Orange Cassidy. The AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Cody Rhodes versus MJF. The AEW Tag Team Championship Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. And the uh, World Heavyweight Championship match, Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. So that is your Revolution card. It's a hell of a card, man. man. You got me. You got me excited, man. That's a that's a good card. Um, there's a lot of matches that I think really could deliver. Um, I'm really interested to see um, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. I, I think those two are just going to take it to a ridiculous level. Yeah. Uh, both young talent. Um, I'm also looking forward to uh, Dustin Rhodes and Jake Hagar because Jake Hagar, this will be his first official match in AEW. And um, I, at this point, Dustin Rhodes 
I trust anything he does. If you put him on any kind of match, I, I true, I'm already invested because I know he's going to put on a good match. So, um, very interested to see that. Um, obviously Cody and MJF. I mean, this is the, 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 the slow build that they've been doing for such a long time. And we're finally going to see how this match delivers. And if, if Cody, if Cody uh, gave us a sign, I mean, especially after that cage match, moonsault off top of the cage. I don't know if you saw that. If he can do that on an episode of Dynamite, I'm I'm very excited to see what he's going to do in this MJF match. And do you think then, he's going to pull off the win? Or do you think they're going to give it to MJF? You, you know, the really cool thing is, I prediction-wise, I don't know. And that's what's exciting about it. Like, I could see reasons why MJF should win and I see reasons why Cody could win and I could see good stories happening on both ends moving forward so it's I'm excited because I just don't know that's the fun thing about this whole card and I don't know if it's just because of how they're booking or if it's just because AEW is still new you haven't learned their tricks yet but yeah I don't know any of those matches any of them can go anyway, and it, it's like you think you see this the story, you know. Well, you assume that the young bucks might end up winning because Omega and Hangman will have a problem, but that might not necessarily happen. Jericho and Moxley, who knows? You know, you you would imagine that Moxley's going to win, but there's no saying that he's going to because well, Jericho and, and is doing his thing one plus too. the inner circle. Right. It, it's it's interesting because you know. Jericho, I mean, you know, obviously people thought that Jericho was going to lose the belt when he fought Cody, but Jericho, he's knocked us out of the park. I mean, yes, I mean, I know there's smart marks out there that say, well, Jericho's looking flabby and, you know, he's he's not as quick as he used to. Guess what? That's irrelevant. Jericho has evolved his character. He's evolved his matches. My God, the guy's, what, 49 or 50 years old? It's like, cut the man a break. Yeah. He's doing exactly what he needs to do for a guy of his age, and he's getting over on top of it. So I'm okay if if Jericho does walk out as champion because the character works and the inner circle thing is is a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any problem with it, and I can see it going either way. So, like I said, that's an exciting thing for this card. Um, like I said, I would have thought we would have been able to make those predictions with Super Showdown, but they proved us wrong, too. So, you know, wrestling's just exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to wrap up this show, unless you got anything else, Corey. Yeah, I, I think it's a wrap-up time, buddy. Sounds good. Ed, we missed you this week. We can't wait to hear all of your stuff next week or whenever you feel the need to get it off your chest because I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts about Goldberg, The Fiend, Super Showdown. I'm sure you'll have plenty of thoughts about Revolution. Same with Corey. Can't wait to hear what you guys, how you guys do. Uh, but make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on all of our podcast services and social media we are everywhere so definitely make sure you follow and share and do whatever to get the word out for our show we're always looking for reviews that helps us spread it the word a little bit more and how many stars are we looking for five stars five stars five stars 
five stars is what we're looking for. So if that's all we have, then, Corey, it's always a pleasure. When we get together, gym rats. Ugh, Mr. Fitness, I thought you hated that. Well, I'm glad you know how to keep a good gimmick alive. And with that, we are out of here. Take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week.